Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Oldie Buddy Goodie. It's episode 150. We've been doing this for 150 weeks, and so we thought it's time that we finally change our tired old format. My name is Sandro, and right now my co-host Zach is running through the streets of Melbourne's underground. How you doing down there, Zach? Ah, ah, help me! Help me! I'm being chased by some demonic being! He looks like a WWE wrestler! Help! Oh, is that who I think? Oh, it is indeed! Chasing him is Stalker, Robert the Crooked Table, Yanis Jr. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm I'm in pursuit, you know. I I'm working on that name a little too. I need something a little catchier. <laughs> that's not that's not going to get me the ratings I want working on it and uh, you know, staying on my ground. Ah! Oh, I, I think I heard something. Oh, it sounds like Zach has reverted back to his natural state of an Arnie impersonator. <laughs> ah! It's my natural state. I go to it as a comfort thing. Ah! He's got me. He's got me called it. Please spell me. Oh, no. What's this? Oh, no. Uh, I, th- th- there's a chainsaw <laughs> flying up out of nowhere. Who could that be? Oh, my. I don't have a good chainsaw sound. Oh, that was a great chainsaw sound. <laughs> ah, a chainsaw. No, my one weakness. A, a terrible chainsaw sound effect. My one weakness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'll have to use my forbidden cut you in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, Zacho has killed our guest. <laughs> well, no, no. nice while it lasted, guys. <laughs> Hello, hello, welcome to Oldie Buddy Goodie. We're not actually changing our format, we're talking about a movie instead that's very similar to that opening that we just did. It's called The Running Man, and uh, my name is actually Sandro, that wasn't a joke, and your name is actually Zach. Yeah, unfortunately we couldn't get the rights to murder our guest. Uh, We are joined for the rest of the episode by Robert from The Crooked Table. (laughs) I refuse to sign that contract. (laughs) Uh, you're back. You're back on the show. Last time you were on to talk about The Terminator, you were back almost exactly a year later to talk about another Arnie movie. Yeah, I'm I'm apparently the go-to Arnold Schwarzenegger expert, and you know what? I will take that. Mm. I will take that designation happily. Uh, yeah, we're talking about one of the, uh, would you say, lesser-known Arnie movies of the 80s? Probably. I would say, yeah. I, I, I mean, I grew up with a lot of his movies in that, like, 82 to 96-ish. His, like, really, like, that incredible run he had, more or less, with a few dark spots. And even I hadn't seen this until, I think, a few years ago for the first time, so... Mm. That that's a testament to exactly how uh, under underrated or under whatever we'll get into yeah. exactly how well this should be regarded or not. I've seen 
clips and quotes from this movie, but I had no idea where it was from. Mm. But it's like it. I've I've seen quotes from it before. You know. I always knew the movie existed, but I kept getting it confused with the Lawnmower Man, uh, okay. which is a whole different thing. <laughs> but I kept thinking that they were both the same movie for a little while. Ah, although you could you could have you could leave your lawnmower running. So there, you know, maybe there's this, a mashup mm. idea. They do a crossover mm. the the running lawnmower man. We'll work. We'll workshop it after the call. Yeah, we'll workshop it. Yeah, that sounds like we could. Um... Everybody's thinking franchises these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as we somehow make the lawnmower a superhero. I think we'll be good. Yeah, exactly. There needs to be a backstory for the lawnmower itself mm. uh, in the style of the Joker. <laughs> yeah, oh no. Zach, you love Arnie movies. Did you love this one? Absolutely I did. Yes, yes, yes. Finally. Finally. I've been waiting so long for this movie that I didn't even know I was waiting for it. Look, we've been doing these these nice little artsy movies. Oh, we've been doing some spooky movies. No, all of it was garbage, except for Monster Squad. That was still pretty good. But all of it was garbage. This, this is what I signed up for. This is the movies <laughs> that I wanted. When, when you signed me up for this podcast, I was like, these, this is the movie I was exactly hoping. <laughs> to watch and finally this has reinvigorated my existence wow pure just just arnie and wwe wrestlers one-liners the worst costumes ever it's based in the past that is the future for them it's just it's everything i wanted wow. really wow you love this that's serious wow uh yeah it was pretty good yeah nice what did you think robert no i like this movie a lot i think this is it's it's a lot of fun it's not it's not uh, you know as we were saying <laughs> it's not the upper echelon of like arnold classics <laughs> but i think it i think it deserves to be discussed a little bit more than it has i actually it, it was kind of in the cultural zeitgeist at least here in the states around the 2017 2019 oh, yeah. You know, totalitarian kind of uh, you know themes, dystopian, and uh, a a game show host kind of running the country according to his own rules, and uh, oh. the economy kind of collapsing, all of that stuff. We were like, "Wow, are we living in the Running Man? Is this is this become like prescient in the way that society, uh, in the way that Demolition Man was like, you know, Arnold's going to go into politics, yeah, and franchise wars, and all this other stuff." There's even a sequence, and we'll get into it, I guess later where this is it gets very deep fakey and and in a major plot point later on in the movie and i was like well damn that's true oh i didn't even think about that yeah whoa did did the running man predict the future (laughs) the other thing as well uh you say that the costumes are bad i've seen heaps and heaps of game shows from america from Mm. australia uh Mm. from south korea as well that have costumes just like this and they're airing right now so you know yeah, no. yeah. yeah uh, that makes it good. Yep, that makes them good costumes. Yeah, look, I don't know if I would necessarily say this movie is good, but I definitely enjoyed it a lot. So yep. <laughs> there's a lot of fun to be had with this. It's almost Arnie making fun of himself, because he does the I'll be back line. Mm. Is this the first time that he said that outside of a Terminator movie? I think it might be. I think it was when it was really catching on as a thing. Where people would be like, hey, say the I'll be back line sort of thing. Mm. So he was trying to incorporate it more in other things. Yeah, I'd forgotten that this was 
uh, so similar in kind of tone to Commando. Yeah. Because, of, like, literally this is where he's like, oh, this guy, he split after he cut him in half, kind of like, oh, my friend's dead tired in Commando. And and I come to find out that uh, Stephen E. DeSosa wrote both movies. I'm yep. like, well, that makes sense. Yep. That's why this feels like kind of a spiritual <laughs> companion piece to Commando. It's really crystallizing yeah. Arnold as this uh, one-liner machine, basically. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, between this and Predator, which we did uh, a few months back now, mm. there's mm. so many one-liners from Arnie in, in 1987. Oh, yes. Yeah. So many. And they're all perfect. <laughs> Before we get any further into the movie, though, Zach, I chose it. Were there any other options that could have possibly been on the same level as this film? Uh, honestly, there was a few good options this week. Uh, we had Baghdad Cafe, which is two divorced women uh, become friends while staying in a remote motel in the desert. Yep. That one sounded interesting. But Cherry 2000, a successful businessman hires a sexy renegade tracker to find an exact duplicate of his Android Why? There's a lot going on there. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> that, now that sounds high class. Uh, we had Cross My Heart, a couple prepared to go out on a third date. Oh my, drama. A bit too kinky for our show. <laughs> and uh, The Howling 3, Australian sequel to the werewolf movie The Howling. Soldiers track down werewolves in the outback. It's apparently terrible, but yeah, no. I, I we need to watch that at some point. <laughs> We we need, like, a movie called, like, Werewolves of the Outback. I would watch that. Howling 3 colon Werewolves in the Outback. Oh, where do, one ticket to that, please. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> uh, this movie was released November 13th. It is based off the novel of the same name by Richard Buckman, who is, spoiler alert, Stephen King. Whoa! What? <laughs> what? That's crazy. He published five novels under that pseudonym before it, it was uh, found out, revealed, that Buckman was actually Stephen King. Mm. They found out it was him in 85, so I think they probably quickly rushed this movie into production once they realised, oh, wait, that was a Stephen King book. <laughs> and that makes a lot of sense. Well, it, it kind of sucks if you want to be anonymous and just have your readers read your books for what they are. Yeah. Rather than like, oh, Stephen King wrote this. You know, I feel bad. The book, I... Have either of you read it? I have not. No. Uh, apparently, this is very loosely based on it, though. This has nothing to do with the book. <laughs> I, I have a feeling, like, you watch this whole thing, and you can see the outlines of the sort of universe that Stephen King would have made. The sort of dystopian, a game show sort of runs everything, that sort of thing. I can see what the book is like, and how this movie is nothing like it. Right, exactly. The book is is like a working class guy. His daughter is sick, so he joins the game show to get money from her. It's very different. You're just like let loose on the city and anyone can kill you and claim the prize. So any civilian, ah. uh, you get cash bonuses if you kill like policemen or something. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot darker and it's very sad. The whole book is incredibly sad, but uh, it's really good. I would highly recommend that it. sounds like Stephen King. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there is some controversy around the movie, though, uh, speaking of how this film is nothing like the book, because this movie, yes, nothing like the Stephen King book. However, it is very similar to a French movie from 1983 called The Prize of Peril, which is based off a short story by an author called Sheckley. Now, 
when King's novel originally came out, he talked to Sheckley and they were both like, wow, there's a lot of similarities, but they're quite different. However, the movie came out and the movie almost entirely rips off Sheckley's short story. Oh, no. So there's quite a few claims of plagiarism that were thrown out uh, against this film. Yeah, that's unfortunate. This film probably should have been called Prize of Peril, the mm. American remake. But it wasn't written by Stephen King, so there you go. There goes your hook for marketing purposes. Exactly. Mm, yeah, it's just like, hey, this movie is just a ripoff of this, but we're going to say it's based on this novel by Stephen <laughs> King. Exactly. Get money from both ends. Exactly. Which makes me pretty excited for, uh, because it was announced uh, in February that Edgar Wright is making a remake of The Runny Man, and it's going to be closer to the book. So I'm very excited to see what he does with that, to see what's closer to the original. And Arnie better be in it for like a tiny bit. <laughs> a tiny bit. He could play one of the uh, the stalkers. Yeah. Or yeah. Whatever. Oh, that would be great. You have him be the first one to get killed off. Just like totally flip it on its head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Just instantly like murdered. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. <laughs> As you already mentioned, this is from writer Stephen E. DeSouza, uh, who has done some other films that we've covered, The Flintstones uh, and Street Fighter. Oh, fantastic. We did both of those in our uh, first year. Another fantastic movie. Uh, he also did Die Hard and the Stallone Judge Dredd movie, which makes sense. Wow. Hell yeah. Uh, of all those movies there, one of those I feel is way above the others <laughs> in, in writing value. You're not wrong. <laughs> and I think those are all pretty much adaptations where they have very, you know, the stories feel like a huge, huge departure from the actual property. Like yeah. that Judge mm. Dredd movie where he doesn't wear the helmet hardly at all. The Flintstones movie that's all about like corporate espionage. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like that's kind of his forte. The Running Man movie that has nothing to do with the book that it's based on. Yeah. That's kind of his thing. Sucks for the fans of the original Great for me, who just finds these movies hilarious. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Now, uh, the guy who ended up directing this movie originally turned it down because he said that there wasn't enough time uh, to prepare the film's production. So he turned it down. They brought in a guy called Andrew Davis. He is the director of Under Siege, as well as The Fugitive, Harrison Ford's The Fugitive, some very solid 90s action films. But obviously he didn't get to direct this. He was fired after two weeks because the production was behind schedule, which wasn't even his fault. So, great. He was fired. They brought back in the guy that they originally uh, approached, which is Paul Michael Glazer, who is actually more best known as an actor. He played Starsky in the 70s cop show Starsky and Hutch. Uh, so he was brought in to, to direct it. He had done one movie before this, a crime film called Band of the Hand, which is a terrible title. And he then went on to direct the Shaq plays a genie movie Kazam. Wow. I don't know if either of you have seen it. Nope. It's something else. I probably once a long time ago, I blocked it out. Kazam is like when Shaq was trying to act, which is a dark time. <laughs> and also when Shaq was trying to be a rapper, which is an even darker time. Right? There's a rapping sequence in that movie, I believe. Doesn't he rap at some point mm. in Kazam? I... I quite like Shaq when he's doing anything, because he's just so animated. He's just... It's, it's just his facial expressions are fantastic, you know? Yeah, he, he goes for it. I feel like he would definitely be good in certain roles in movies. Arnie says that he doesn't like how Glazer directed this. He said it made... Like, he was like, it, it, it looks like a TV movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
It looks like a TV movie. No way, dude. Nah, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it was very funny. Well, at least Paul Michael Glazer can claim that's a stylistic choice because it's about a television show. It's True. about a television show. That's the whole point. In your face, Arnie. Yeah. <laughs> But Arnie is in this. He plays Ben Richards. Uh, apparently, Christopher Reeve was originally going to play his role. I can kind of see that working, but I prefer Arnie. Mm. Well, there's a there's that sort of thing with different actors. It can take a sort of different twist on the role, and it changes the movie that they're a part of. I think Christopher Reeve would have worked if it was a direct adaptation of the novel, because he's got that... Yeah, Like, exactly. he's kind of working class. He kind of looks a little bit like that, but then he's also quite strong, so you can believe that he would be bashing up all these, uh, all these yeah. poor cops that are trying to arrest him. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it would have been that more Stephen King sort of style of movie, but because they got Arnie in, it turns into more of a Arnie action one-liner sort of thing. Exactly. Who else have we got in this? We got Maria Alonso playing Amber. We saw her as the love interest in Moscow on the Hudson last year, the Robin Williams oh, yeah! propaganda movie. Oh yeah! I completely <laughs> forgot she was in that. No way. She's back. <laughs> Yep, she definitely is a little typecast, I'll say. <laughs> I, it's interesting because they mention in the movie that she's a singer and she is, in real life, an award-winning mm. singer. She's won, like, heaps of Grammys. So why doesn't she do a song? That would have been good. But, uh, yeah, she's good. I mean, a, a female role in our movie. It's the 80s, so it has to be the love interest. But she does quite well for what she does. And I like, I like later on where she's... Uh, She's fighting uh, a battery butt. It's a, it's a good, good time. <laughs> yeah, that should have been his name. That would have been better than... What was, it? was that Dynamo? Yeah, I think so. I think calling... Yeah, battery butt at least is more descriptive. Uh, playing Killian, the TV show's host and mm. showrunner, is Richard Dawson. He was, uh, of course, in Hogan's Heroes and then became an actual game show host. He was on Family Feud for ages. Wow, there you go. So pretty good, good choice of cast there yeah. you know i think he's yeah surprisingly pretty good considering he's mostly a game show host i mean obviously perfect role for him to play and apparently he mm. was kind of like this character behind the scenes oh. uh, which i think you know he didn't really have to do a whole lot of acting which is probably why he comes off so authentically in the film but no, <laughs> oh, no. I, I, yeah i think he's pretty good in it i think he's pretty good here oh i see they just got an evil game show host to <laughs> play so. an evil game show host wow <laughs> They're like, all right, Richard, this time, can you say this? Like, wait, what? What else happening? Are we filming a movie? I was just being myself. Ah, uh, you know, they didn't actually tell him it was a movie. He actually thought yeah. the, the, the actors were dying and all that, <laughs> you know. Uh, one of Arnie's prison buddies, Laughlin, is played by Yepet Cotter, uh, who was in Alien. And then finally, all of the stalkers are played by professional wrestlers turned politicians, <laughs> uh, football stars, and opera singers. <laughs> They're great. It's so obvious as well, whatever 80s wrestlers pop up, because they're just these massive oiled up boys <laughs> whenever they get on screen. And they're so, di they have that look about them. I it, Like, it's so weird how they have this distinctive, I'm absolutely a wrestler sort of look. And it's fantastic yeah. whenever I see them. I, I love them. And they make, they, they make great goons. They dress up in these awesome costumes, which 
they've done before as wrestlers sort of things and they they kick ass and it's a great time to watch them it's good i think we've cracked the code of this movie's casting arnie's just arnie yeah and uh richard dawson's just being himself and yep. they get athletes and wrestlers and yep. you know yeah. opera singers to just do their thing and let the camera run pretty much so the only person acting is amber yeah <laughs> maria Alonso's very confused the whole time yeah she acts very confused <laughs> like what's going on and i would be too if i was in that situation exactly. she probably was also told that it wasn't a movie <laughs> it was very confused <laughs> uh the film's reception has got 66 percent on rotten tomatoes audience score is surprisingly lower it's 60 percent mm. uh, it's got 6.7 out of 10 on imdb a lot of the reviewers at the time were basically saying that all the action scenes were kind of samey but it's a pretty solid satire mm. Which is fair enough. I think that's yeah. I, I kind of I'm kind of in line with that. Yeah, I could feel a lot of people negatively rating it if they read the book <laughs> and were like, "This isn't like the book at all." I liked the book, but I do not like this. That is the thing about the book. It wasn't a huge success until they knew that Stephen King had written yeah, it. And even then, it's not really remembered as one of his best novels. So I don't think many people had read it, particularly at the time. Um, this somehow cost $27 million. $27 million. Wow. Well, there was a lot of set design and costumes and stuff i could see that what do you think the most expensive item in the whole movie is i'll start with robert what do you think oh uh all those light bulbs on that guy's butt i think is probably where it went to <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. i'm gonna go choice. with battery but i'm gonna blame uh, blame dynamo for this one <laughs> dynamo <laughs> diva yeah he's he's the the budget sucker i think is what's happening all right his light bulb budget i think it was damon killian's wardrobe by chess and Tanine, 19th century craftsman. You looked it the up. 21st century man. Riggs. <laughs> I didn't I didn't look it up. That's a quote. I'm reading it as a quote from the movie. Oh. Nice. Was it actually? Was I right? No. I was just trying to get you both to make wild guesses and then I wouldn't do any research <laughs> no. to find out what it actually was. <laughs> it's 19th century craftsman for the 21st century man. But anyway, it cost $27 million. Uh, I've only got the US box office numbers from Box Office Mojo, but what do you think it made? We'll start with Zach. What do you think? It's it's in Arnie. Arnie's starting to get into his prime, you know? He's got that predator down. Everyone's looking at him. I think I think this would have sparked some interest. Again, they, they hopped on the Stephen King train. What are we going to do? Let's rip off this other movie as well. I think it would. I think it would have done well. I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'm going to highball it. Even though every movie that I've highballed this year has been way lower, I'm going to highball this one and go around, ooh, I'm thinking 100 to 80 mil. So I guess I'll go in between 90 mil, 90 mil. 90 mil. That's about what Predator made, I think. So a good guess. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's my guess. Well, I, 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 it's, I already, in my research, I already stumbled across the number. But to be honest, it's probably right around what I would have guessed. Because mm. uh, like we said earlier, they, this isn't considered essentially a, like an Arnold classic. It's, it's, you know, but at the same time, it was probably had enough momentum to turn a profit, uh, even if it wasn't like an extraordinary one. So, yeah, so I probably would have guessed right around what it what it hit, honestly. Cheating, cheating is a valid strategy in this. There's no rules against cheating. I had it up on my screen already, guys. I was, <laughs> I, hey, I come prepared. Hey, you get the point. There's no rule against <laughs> Technically, cheating. Technically, 
technically, if you say the exact number, you do win this game that we didn't even know was a game until now. If I had to, <laughs> if I had to just throw something out there, thirty-eight point one million, something like that. Thirty-eight point one. Whoa, right on the money. <laughs> wow. wow. Far out. What do I win? Please don't send me into the game zone. No, that's what you win. And. And a copy of the show is a board game. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> the home version of Oldie But A Goodie. Yeah, the home version. Yay. Now I'm tempted to make that a thing. Uh, there <laughs> are three. Well, there's actually five taglines, but two of them are variations on the same tagline. So I'm just going to read out three taglines and you've got to rate them either a thumb up or a thumb down. Or what we do is just do a shaky thumbs in the middle constantly. <laughs> first tagline is the year is 2019 the finest men in america don't run for president they run for their lives (laughs) (laughs) pretty wordy (laughs) it is pretty wordy i will give it that although i like the whole thing of arnie would be president if not for the running game instead he's running in the running game (laughs) i give it a thumbs up It was way too wordy, so thumbs down for the tagline, but thumbs up for Sandra's delivery. (laughs) So thumb, middle thumb, I guess. I'll take it. Thumb in the middle. Mm. I'll take it. (laughs) The second tagline is, a game nobody survives, but Schwarzenegger has yet to play. Oh, boo. I didn't like that one. Yeah, that does not pop whatsoever. (laughs) The other one sounds, but can I change my my last answer to a thumbs up now? (laughs) Uh, I'll give that one a thumbs down. I'll give that one a thumbs down. The third and final tagline is 2019, a game nobody survives. This year might be the exception. Is it in 2017? Well, see, that's the thing with this movie, right? It starts off in 2017 and 2017 flashes up on screen, but then it jumps forward 18 months. So it's technically 2019. Oh, oh, so this is based in 2019. So it's even more accurate. I was about to say they were a couple years off with 2017. But you're right, it does jump to the future. And 2019, we did have deep fakes and other things like that. My God, this movie's genius. <laughs> you know what else happened in 2019? We started this show. It predicted everything. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the collapse of society, <laughs> as we know it. <laughs> I'll give it a thumbs up because we lived past 2019. That's true. I, w- I kind of wish it was set in 2020 now, just so we could have all these taglines with 2020 in the, yeah. in the headline mm. and all the... Uh, all the parallels between running for your lives and dealing with a pandemic. Like, I would have liked a little more. So, yeah. So that, that's a criticism of the movie, I guess. And real life, not the tagline. So thumbs up for the tagline. <laughs> yeah, thumbs down for real life, though. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right, we'll go through this movie's synopsis. It starts off with some 80s computer game level uh, <laughs> graphics and font and running men. Oh, yeah. You love it when the font does the thing in the name, right? Sandra? I love it so much. <laughs> uh, it was great. We had this wicked slick animation of a running man. It really got me into the idea of a man running. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was pretty good. It really does start so much like a video game. Like, I made a note of that, too, that I, that it, it feels like it was based on a game yeah. and not a book. I would play the Running Man game. Yeah. That, that sounds like a fun game where you've got to run through this maze of death traps. See, the home version. Oh, yeah. Play the home version, of course. Do yeah. you think... <laughs> 
Do you think the home version is like one of those board games that came with a DVD or a VHS with like the game show hosts kind of saying the rules at the start and you've got to have the tape on as you're playing? I hope so. I like to imagine it's Jumanji style. You open it up and then talk <laughs> oh, person to your living room and you have to literally run for your life in your own house. It's just a home invasion that you bring home with you. That, you know, yeah, that's what it wrestlers is. Wrestlers pop out of the game to fucking murder you. Hell yeah. Make your home into the game zone. Now that's the crossover I want. Jumanji and the Running Man. <laughs> that would be a fantastic movie. I would, I would watch yeah. that. That would be great. We get an opening scroll. Robert, what does this scroll say? What's the world building uh, that we start off with? Well, shockingly, the United States has is, is, uh, become a totalitarian police state. <laughs> uh, the economy has collapsed. This, this sadistic, sadistic game show is running things, and <laughs> pun intended, and, um, <laughs> and escaped convicts find their way uh, into this system where they can uh, presumably play for their freedom. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's all for your entertainment, ladies and gentlemen. So again, very, very weird watching this now. And seeing how the U.S. in 2017, 2019 has devolved in this movie and looking around uh, 2017, 2019 in real life being like, yeah, there's, there's shades of that. We weren't, we weren't that far off. We're like mm. 20% off <laughs> The Running Man. Maybe a little more than that. But yes, that's essentially the, the, the table setting this movie does up front. I, I, I love, like, half the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes are like, this movie got it right in the end, huh? <laughs> we do live in a police state now. <laughs> oh, it's true. It's true for Melbourne right now as well. But I'll tell you what, mate, Australia. <laughs> yep. Goddamn dictator Dan. <laughs> nah, he's doing a good job, actually. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. <laughs> We see that Arnie is a soldier, so immediately I was like, oh, this is nothing like the book, because <laughs> it starts yeah, off and yeah. he's a soldier. Because, <laughs> of course, they have to make him an action man. Of course. A man of action. Naturally. Uh, he's flying a helicopter over some riots, and he gets an order to kill everyone. But he's like, no, they're all innocent people, and he refuses, and he's he's locked up. What what a sudden opening, by the way. Just the sudden... We don't even get, like, a setup, like, him jiving with the mates or, like, him being like, <laughs> hey, do you do you think what we're doing is wrong or anything? No, we jump straight to the bit where he disobeys orders and have has a fight with his comrades, <laughs> you know? 30 seconds into the movie, they're like, how can we make sure that people know right off the bat this Ben Richards guy is all right? <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, no, we can't. They're unarmed people. I'm not firing on them. Like, oh, okay, thank goodness. Arnold's on our side. If they made Arnold a businessman guy, you you wouldn't believe it, though, right? You know, you'd mm. be like, well, this guy looks like an action hero. What are you talking about? This It would have been unrealistic. So I think they had to turn him into an action soldier. It's like the scenes, though, when he's, like, walking around in, like, a tradies outfit. He's got, he's, he's got <laughs> yeah. his suspenders and his gym sweater and his hard hat. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, look, he looks like he should be in a different kind of movie. It That's all I have to say. kind of look like he should be in something that we would review over on Patreon. Episode of Star Slammer, out right now. Wow, wow. Well, there you go. Wow. Synergy. That was a good one, Sajor. I appreciated that. So he's sent to the detention zone, which is a giant 
prison where all the guards wear gas masks and talk in weird mm. synthesized voices. Yeah. I think it's because cause it was like a workshop where they were like making things and it was letting off a lot of steam and smoke and other things. So Yeah. And it's definitely not to dehumanize them into stormtroopers so they can just be murdered without any remorse. <laughs> the movie turns into a level of a mid-2000s video game that everyone got really bored while playing, uh, which is that Arnie and his friends have to shoot all the guards while trying to input a code into the system to let them out of the prison. Mm. And just like modern technology, it takes them forever to get the fucking thing to work. Like, I put in the right code. Just work, goddamn you, you stupid piece of shit. <laughs> what did you think of this opening action sequence? It was... Uh, yeah, it does. You, you, you encapsulated it perfectly. Like, this opening action sequence was probably the most... The, probably the dullest in the movie, honestly. Like, I've forgotten <laughs> that that even happened until you mentioned it two seconds ago. And I like those actors, and I generally like this movie, and it just it just feels like, yeah, completely, completely random. Uh, yeah. it, it, they're only to establish uh, his two friends so that Killian can dick him over by throwing them in the game zone also. Like, that's the only reason for that sequence, to establish these other two characters. Yeah, most of the opening, I mean, all of the opening is just to set up later things later on like the helicopter scene mm -hmm. this fight scene like the fight scene the action i mean it gets you sort of into that action where they're shooting guards i like that sort of they start a riot to try and escape sort of thing right yeah uh it could have been done a lot better definitely but it wasn't the worst i like the the explodey collars that's a that's a fun sci-fi trope yeah, that's true they're wearing the collars that when you go past the perimeter it blows your head up they even had a they even had a feature from uh, Slipknot, you know Slipknot. What from uh, the Suicide Squad? Oh, the man who can climb anything. Of course. I thought you meant the band. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they weren't in this. It took me a second too. I mean, I mean the character from Suicide Squad who also just like one poor inmate <laughs> just runs out and gets their head exploded <laughs> he's everyone's favorite character because he left the movie early and he's like no <laughs> yeah, i don't want to be a yeah. part of this just blow my head up not worth it absolutely <laughs> they escape the prison they go to this guy who we later find out is the leader of the people's network but we're not really introduced to him that way at all mm. he's just this old guy who takes off their collars and is like, oh, I know you used to be a cop and I don't I don't bloody trust you, mate, but I'm going to take off your collar. Mm. Who I didn't realize until after is Mick Fleetwood, the one of the, the leader of the band Fleetwood Mac. No way. Whoa. Which I didn't know until after playing Mick. So Mick Fleetwood is just playing Mick. So again, another actor, air quotes, actor in this movie playing a character with the same name who's the leader of a resistance or the leader of a rock band same difference apparently <laughs> yeah, um, yeah yeah <laughs> another actor in this movie basically playing themselves wow that's the key to a good 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 actors just get people to play themselves constantly <laughs> I, I didn't even notice that that was him i was like this guy has an accent that doesn't quite fit the rest of the movie <laughs> now i realize why he he's a mm. british rock star Yep. That's fantastic. So he takes off their collars and then Arnie has to head into town to visit his brother. Oh, can I mention he looks fantastic in a beard? Oh, yeah. What, 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 what is Swartz doing not, with, not wearing a beard like that? Uh, I liked it in the, the latest 
Terminator. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not the latest anymore. Who knows how many Terminator movies <laughs> just came out. But, like, old man Schwarzenegger, he put on a beard. Yeah. Looks fantastic. He did, yeah. This movie, young Schwarzenegger beard. I was like, oh, now that's that's a hunky boy. Like, <laughs> yes. In, that, in those overalls, I was like, I'm going to invite him over to fix my dishwasher. You know what I'm <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, it's a shame he shaves for a lot of his roles, because I think he looks great at that beard. No, good point. It's true, because, yeah, he immediately goes over to his brother's house and is like, something's not quite right here, but I don't care. I'm going to go shave either way. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be looking for a man with a beard, first thing. <laughs> Let's shave that off. Uh, I will say it's very silly. There's just lingerie all around this apartment. (laughs) The first thing the lady does when she gets home is go into a skimpy outfit. And I was just like, oh. (laughs) Yeah, because she's got to work out in front of the TV. Yes, which is why she wears lingerie. I, I watched this the other night in preparation for this episode and I watched it with my wife who'd never seen it and that was her big observation too I was like oh boy look at the 80s like who works out <laughs> yeah come on seriously I was like you're right this is such a movie made by guys for guys <laughs> yeah yeah I love how the workout tape that she's watching is Captain Freedom's workout <laughs> yeah Captain Freedom <laughs> I love Captain Freedom he's my favorite stalker He's great. He doesn't really get a satisfying action sequence. I mean, I, I guess he kind of does, which is the whole deep fake thing, which we'll get to. But uh, yep. mm. but uh, he's like the actor is great. The actor's really good. The costume's awful, and I'm just so glad that he's in this movie. <laughs> mm, mm. So lady comes home. She starts working out, and then bam! Oh no! The the butcher of what what did they call him? The butcher of something? Bakersfield, yeah. Yeah, butcher of Bakersfield is there. Oh no! The television's been talking about him all this time, saying he murdered all these innocent civilians. Oh no, he's in my house. Help! Da, da, da. And he's like, Where's my brother? What have you done with him? And she's like, I don't know. He got removed for retraining or whatever. Yep. He doesn't live here. I live here now. And then he's like, all right, well, we got to get out of here. I'm going to steal your day pass or whatever it is. The, the like, moving around area pass. And I'm going to take you with me. And we'll put on a Hawaiian shirt for the occasion. Oh, boy, does he. Yeah, we're going to go to Hawaii. Because <laughs> nothing says inconspicuous. Like, <laughs> a big, colorful Hawaiian shirt. And a Hawaiian shirt, some aviators and a Stetson. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think that's a good way of, like, blending in, in plain sight sort of thing. Maybe? Sort of like the logic being that no criminal would hide up in, like, bright fluoro top sort of thing. Whenever I see someone dressed like that on the train, I instantly think that they're a stalker. And I'm not talking about the stalker from this sort of movie. (laughs) Oh. Uh, Oh. (laughs) What's wrong with Hawaiian shirts? There's nothing wrong with Hawaiian shirts. They're great. (laughs) Wow. I love... Oh, man. I gotta get rid of all my Hawaiian shirts. (laughs) Anyway, it all goes smoothly, except for when they get past security. Like, they, they have this interaction with... The security guard, where he scans one of their passes, but he's like, oh, no, my wife's lost her one in the purse. And I was like, oh, oh, my God. 
This is this is very cringy. Mm-hmm. The whole time he's with his hand on her on her neck, being like, "I could snap you like a toothpick," kind of thing. I'm like, Jesus Christ! He does that at the end of the movie as well when they're walking <laughs> away. I'm like, Arnie, what are you doing? <laughs> but now it's okay. Now he has consent, I guess. At the end, at the end, it's cool. I'm like, geez. Yeah, I wish I. That was the only thing I noticed. Like, it makes sense at the start of the movie. At the end of the movie, I was like, why are you still doing that? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Something tells me this relationship's not exactly going to be a healthy one going forward. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look, it's one of those things. Once the adrenaline wears off, it's going to go south for sure. Right. It's one of those speed relationships. (laughs) I was just thinking that, yeah. She's going to be running, running away. (laughs) From the man. (laughs) Hey. There you go. That's the sequel. Anyway, she she breaks free and after hitting him in the balls, a classic move that she does multiple times. So many times. I do want to mention, just before she breaks away, we got a quote where she's like, you, why are you taking me on a plane? I get airsick. I'm going to throw up all over you. And Arnie says, while wearing a bright green t-shirt, go ahead. It won't show up on this shirt. <laughs> yeah. Great. He's not wrong. Shots fired against Hawaiian shirts once again. Damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, vomit green is a look. I'm just saying. Look, it's all the style now. You can't ruin what already is awful. I'm just saying. I would wear a shirt like that, though. I would. If we ever do a live show, I'm going to wear that. Oh, abs- I have a shirt like that. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. She she breaks free and is like, help, it's the Butcher of Bakersfield. And then Arnie has to fight his way out. But he... Um, he runs out of the airport and they pull up in cars and shoot a giant net at him. Yeah. Yeah, Rob, what did you think of the futuristic police cars? Yeah, boy. The technology, yeah, is, wow. It's, it, it really, I, I love the, the cartoonish flourishes in this movie. The fact that they do, like, they do shoot a giant net at him. Because mm, mm. he, is, he is essentially a, a cartoon character in some points of this movie. And it's, it's the thing that we were saying earlier. Like, when you put Arnold Schwarzenegger in a movie, he has to play a cop or a soldier. Because when they try and make him seem normal, like a normal family man and jingle all the way, or, like, even in Total Recall... When he's a construction worker, yeah, it's like okay, yeah, but he looks like he doesn't look like the other like the other out of shape people that are also using the jackhammer and mm. stuff. It mm. doesn't quite work. So it's like you know, I'm surprised they didn't use like a massive tranquilizer gun to take him down at this point. <laughs> yeah, an elephant tranquilizer, just <laughs> exactly. It's great. I liked uh, also the Running Man TV show, uh, good old Killian. As he's he's going uh, into the uh, office and all that, we get the scene of him stepping out into these crowds of fans. He walks in, he bumps into the janitor, and the janitor's like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And he's like, no, don't worry about it, you're doing a great job. And then he moves around the corner, and he's like, if that man isn't, a, you know, gone by tomorrow, you're all fucking fired, you know. That is a good scene, but I swear that I've seen that scene before, in Alvin and the Chipmunks, I think David Cross does that exact same scene. Yeah, probably. It's, it's a very, like, tropey bad guy thing to do to fire the janitor. It was a shocking moment, too, in Alvin and the Chipmunks when David Cross starts dropping F-bombs. <laughs> yeah, in this mm. kid's movie. What's going on? God damn it, Theodore. And then uh, the game show host is like, oh, man, our ratings aren't going up. We need, a, we need to get a, a real interesting contestant. You know, and they they look through all the the contestant options they have of these criminals, and it's like, eh, they're all B-list criminals, you know, it's nothing. But then he looks at the television and sees 
a news report on a prison break, and he sees the the mighty monolith that is Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he's like, "Oh, I have to get that. That is what the show needs." I believe he says the line, "Get me the Justice Department Entertainment Division." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. He said, the muscles alone on that man will improve our ratings or something like that. So he's taken to the Running Man Studios. Mm. They try and convince him. Rob, how do they convince him to do the show? So they take our two our two characters, Laughlin and, I guess, Weiss. And they say, we have them standing by, ready to launch into the game zone. We all know they're not going to last. They're just in here as collateral damage, pun intended, for a future Arnold movie, I guess. <laughs> And and uh, if you don't go in, we're going to send them in. And Arnold's like, no, no, not my two random friends that no one in the audience cares about. Please don't do anything with them. <laughs> so, of course, he agrees to go in, kind of. Yeah. And then, uh, surprisingly, Laughlin and Weiss are, are joining him in there. Yeah. Because uh, Richard Dawson, I mean, Damon Killian, is a giant prick. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, classic. Yeah. 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 He gets assigned a theatrical agent, which is a great scene because he's got to um, yes. he's got to sign the contract. Mm, mm. Everybody's got an agent here. Even the president has an agent. Killian's like, get me the president's agent. Everybody's got everybody's got representation. And if, I love the way he signs the contract and then, uh, you know, put <laughs> dots the eye at the end of the sentence, yes. basically on the guy's back. Yeah, because the agent's like, oh, there's nowhere to sign it. You can sign it on my back. And, of course, Arnold just fucking stabs the guy at the end of the pen. <laughs> that was great. What made that better was when I was watching the scene, I was like, oh, I hope that Arnie stabs him in the back with that pen. <laughs> and then he does. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah, I mean, but how has that not happened before? That guy must be new. All of these guys are supposed to be, like, murderers, right? Why would you hand over to a murderer, like, an instrument that could stab you? Any sharp objects, yeah. Yeah, give him a sharp object and then put your back to him. How has this guy not died yet? <laughs> like, he's lucky he just got stabbed in the back, I feel, you know? That's a good point, it's a good point. He's probably brand new because the guy before him got stabbed yeah. the day before. That's that's my guess. That makes sense. They they have a new guy every week. Yeah, <laughs> a lot a lot of turnover in that position. I feel like there's a lot of turnover in that whole industry. <laughs> that's very true. true. Literally, the stalkers die. Like it's just it's just it's not a great industry. I feel. I feel like you know what? This might be a bad situation. What for, for everyone involved? What shocking? What do you, what do you like, mean? <laughs> I think I think I might be morally against this 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 situation. It's interesting that, that that the movie pointedly emphasizes the fact that this is the first time that a stalker dies, mm. which we're about to get to, Professor Sub-Zero. Uh, that, so so that apparently those, those guys, they have, uh, you know, job stability for, for a while. They can retire and start doing, doing a line of fitness videos, apparently. <laughs> so, yeah, so that, I think that's interesting. And it's like this moment of, like, solemn, quiet and, like, remembrance for Professor Zero. Meanwhile, everyone else around them is being murdered left and right. And they're like, oh, not one of our stalkers, one of our own. Yeah. It's very weird. So, wait, how did the the runners win then without murdering? Well, they don't. I don't think any of them have ever won. Well, yeah, they just get murdered. Well, that 
then the game show wouldn't last very long if the first stalker they came in murders them. Like, there must be some way to succeed without killing the stalker, surely. Yeah, there's not really an objective set up, like, get, make it to this point or anything. It's just like, just don't die, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, the, the One of the problems I had with this movie was that, like, they don't do a good job of trying to make it last long or put on a good show. Like, they're actively putting their runners in danger. Obviously, they add more runners, which makes sense, because you can have some of them killed off. Maybe the stalker is told, like, okay, your time's up or something. But, like, the first thing they do is shoot them down a tube, which looks like it could accidentally kill the rider. (laughs) Obviously, it's because they don't care. But what happens if one of the riders dies in that? Like, they accidentally bump their head and die. And they just pop out, and the show host's like, oh... They died in the shoot. <laughs> Tune in next week. That's the show, everybody. <laughs> we see at the very end when Killian is sent down the shoot that the audience is watching him go down because they see what happens in that moment. And we'll get to it later. So maybe there's like cameras inside of the shoot. Yeah, that would make sense. We do get the bit where it like it zooms past, but it goes really close to the camera. So it must it must be part of the show, that thing. And this movie also does that thing where, and we see it in the scenes where um, they kind of frame Arnie, where they are playing quote-unquote surveillance footage of Arnie in the helicopter mm. going rogue and shooting all the civilians because they've like re-edited it for the tv and the stuff that we're seeing the quote-unquote surveillance is just scenes from the movie they do that annoying trope which i hate in everything yep yeah it's it's very silly but i also liked the idea behind it which is they've instead of like he refused to kill all these civilians so they just went and killed all the civilians and blamed him and arrested him you know and that way no one's mad at the government for doing this sort of thing yeah and that's one one small connection with the original novel because uh, the character he sent out into the streets with a camera and he's got to shoot, I think it's like five minutes of footage of him per day or they'll kill his family or something like that. So he's always shooting himself and clues as to where he is at the moment and the game runners, they re-edit that footage. So there's a slight connection to the novel right there. Uh, it's quite small, but there is a connection to the book. Yeah, speaking of manipulation of the media, uh, we see the lady, she's watching TV, and she sees the news report um, about when she escaped good old murder boy. <laughs> and they, they say, you know, oh, he shot the security clerk that we saw, and he murdered all these guards. And she's like, well, hang on, he didn't do that. That's not how it happened. Oh, no, maybe I've made a mistake. And then she sneaks into the TV station to steal the raw footage. And she hides it somewhere as she gets arrested. (laughs) Oh, no. Well, yeah, that's revealed later on. That was... um, (laughs) It's an extension of the way that character is presented in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, true. But yeah, she gets caught stealing the footage. And they're like, well, excellent. You're going in the game now. (laughs) You're going down there as well. But before she's sent down, we should talk about... The first fight, as you mentioned, uh, Rob, uh, they're sent down the chutes into the first quadrant of this underground city area where the games are set. 
and they've got to fight Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat. Mm, I wish. That would have been so cool. Can you imagine? It would have been pretty cool. Uh, instead, it's a weird character. So we have cool. like a. Uh, he's cool. Oh, he's very cold. <laughs> but um, he's 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 a sumo wrestler that does ice skating. <laughs> yep. Which is an interesting combination. Like you'd think they'd get like a Canadian or something. Like that sounds like a more stereotypical like, like ice skater. Yeah, true. But he's uh, he's he's chucked in, and this whole thing is ice skating. So I was like, well, that's a bit of a weird combination to try and do. But he's skating around with like a metal spiked hockey stick and trying to slam into them and murder them. Yeah. What did you think of the fight though? Because it's the only one here that's got a gimmick. All the others are just kind of straight fights, but this one's got the hockey aspect, which. Uh, Kind of mm. set it apart from the others. I mean, it was it was worth it for the one-liner we get at the end. Oh, yeah? Mm, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, Killian, here's your sub... Oh, I have to do this the right way. Killian, here's your sub-zero. Now plane zero. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, well yes. done. Yeah. I felt like I was in the movie again. Fantastic. <laughs> that was great. And that's not even the best one. That's not even the best one. We'll get to the other one in a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's just uh, that's just one of them. And throughout the movie, he's 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 given one-liners. I I definitely liked the the, the sort of fight. It was a weird note to start off cuz they're immediately like not in, like, the dystopian future. We go to an ice rink, and now we're <laughs> fighting on an ice rink now. It went, like, full Hunger Games sort of instantly with a new set and everything. But it's cool how they're, like, they're flailing around on the ice while he's on ice skates. But it is an interesting point that this is the first time a stalk has died because it is 3v1. He might be armed and in padding, but mm. there's still three of them. Mm-hmm. And the way that they defeat him isn't particularly impressive either they just kind of put barbed wire around his neck until he chokes yeah so then they get seinfeld up on stage and seinfeld picks buzzsaw and dynamo to head down Mm. uh into the game next dynamo is an opera singer who's wearing a bunch of christmas lights all over him (laughs) not really sure what the connection is but like pick a lane dynamo like (laughs) He should have been dressed like an opera singer. Like, I want a full tux yeah. and everything. Or be a Christmas tree. Be electric guy. You know, be the Raiden to the Sub-Zero that we just had. I like I like the uh, special effects lightning of the 80s. <laughs> yes. It always brings a smile to my face whenever <laughs> I see special effects lightning. Lightning specifically. Electricity sparking around. Yeah. And it's like... CGI glowy lightning. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and as you can probably guess, Buzzsaw has a chainsaw. Very, very on the nose. <laughs> There's no consistency with these guys whatsoever. <laughs> Professor Sub-Zero, sumo wrestler, figure skater, dynamo, Christmas lights, electricity, <laughs> opera singer, Buzzsaw. It's like, I'm just going to lay it all out there. Like, you know, the messaging is, is all across the board. I think I think that must be the idea is they have to set themselves apart from each other very distinctly. They can't be similar. 
but Buzzsaw's not even clever. Like, Dynamo is like, all right, I get it, you know. Yeah. There's, there's something to work with there. Buzzsaw's just like, I don't know. I carry a saw, dude. I don't care. Like, he's not very brand conscious whatsoever. I'm not saying Buzzsaw was the dark sheep, the black sheep, but I think Buzzsaw out of all of them was an idiot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, yeah. just, just throwing it out there. Yeah. They send Amber down as well. Uh, the team splits off into two smaller groups. One of them... Uh, wants to do stuff with the uplinks and uh, random TV buzzwords about about the connections and, and satellites and whatever, and who cares? Although we do, of course, get the quote where they're telling Arnie about their plan, and Arnie's like, uplinks, underground, if you guys don't shut up, there'll be an uplink up your ass and you'll be in the underground. <laughs> it's like, okay. Great. Oh, Arnie. What a line. What a good line. Yeah. But Robert, how does the chainsaw fight go? Because that's what we see first. We see Laughlin and Arnie going up against Buzzsaw. Yeah, well, poor, poor Laughlin gets defeated by Buzzsaw, but then Richards gets the upper hand because, as we said, Buzzsaw is quite obviously an idiot, um, and kills him with his own chainsaw in the best way possible, right down the middle. And, of course, Arnold's explanation is he had to split. Yeah, look, I feel bad for uh, a little bit buzzsaw there. Everyone's favorite buzzsaw. He gets the uh, short end of the chainsaw, one could say. The, sh- the sharp end. Hey. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because it, it, it buzzes him in half and from definitely the wrong direction. Yeah, from the crotch upwards. I really wish that this was like an R-rated movie. Although, yes. granted, the Friday the 13th films at this point were particularly gory, but that level of just you see the chainsaw go all the way up. Oh, mm-hmm. oh definitely made me cringe a little. <laughs> Weiss hacks into the uplink and it's a hex and uh, it's a hexagonal code. It's a Unix system. I know this. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And he tells Amber a code that she needs to remember. The most important code that'll let let them hack into the satellites or whatever. He tells her that and then Dynamo rocks up and just kills him. Yeah, I was about to say, why can't he remember it? Surely he could just remember it. That would have been fine. And then he immediately gets, he gets unlimited power. (laughs) Zap dead. And the way that Arnie defeats Dynamo is Dynamo chases him down in a car and Arnie runs up a hill. That's how he defeats him. <laughs> because the car flips. He had the high ground. Another Star Wars reference. So there you go. A lot of that going on. Running man knows all. I'm just saying, how did these stalkers not die already? Like, these guys... I don't know. They don't seem like the most competent uh, murderers. Mm. But surely some of them have died, even by just accident, you know? <laughs> they killed each other on accident. No, I think most of the, most of the runners probably go up hills and, and don't even engage. That's probably what happens, I would assume. They probably just keep running. Yeah, full-on Jason Voorhees situation. Do you think that, like, if this show went on long enough, they would do, like, a Hunger Games catching fire style thing where all the stalkers have to fight each other? Oh, yeah, probably. They probably would have done that, here. Yeah. But it'd be, like, all the old stalkers yeah. that, you know, are retired and don't want to do anything, and they're like, yep, well, now that you won't entertain us, like, you refuse to work anymore, we're just gonna call you all criminals, chuck you in, and fight each other. Yeah. And I would watch that movie. <laughs> <Just rest. laughs> I was going to say, hashtag, hashtag would watch. Yeah. Uh, definitely. 
Arnie and, and Amber, they run deeper into the quadrant area, and the showrunner, Killian, he tries to cut a deal with Arnie, but Arnie, he's having none of it. Um, and he, uh, and he crams the camera, and I think he's the one who says the line, I'd hate to see you cancelled tonight, which is funny, because, again, predicting the future. Ooh, yeah. Mm, yes, society. And that's where he turns it, uh, that's where he turns it down, and he, and he delivers my favorite Arnold, uh, my favorite Arnold line in the movie. Which is that whole thing where he, I think, is that when he rips the monitor off the wall? I think that's then, yeah. Um, yeah um, hold on, I gotta get, I have to get into character. <laughs> I'll tell you what I think of it. I'll live to see you eat that contract, but I hope you leave enough room for my fist. Become the one who ram it into your stomach <laughs> and break your goddamn spine. <laughs> that's, that's the shit. That's the moment where you get full Arnold, where he goes, ah, at the end of a sentence. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was great. They send in Fireball, who's this guy with a flamethrower. And also a jetpack. Naturally. So that's cool. I mean, honestly, it's the most appropriate name, I think, for all the characters. Yeah. He's just, he's fire. Yeah. He shoots fireballs. It's probably the least exciting fight. Oh, to be fair, the Dynamo one was just running up a hill. But it is a pretty, it's a pretty lame No, but like, lame Dynamo fight. comes back. Like, the whole thing with that is he gets spared, right? That's the whole point of that scene. Yeah, so he comes back a little bit later. Yeah, the, the fireball fight sucked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, oh man, I was expecting a bit more from, from Fireball. I was excited. Because uh, Arnie throws some barrels at him. And then lights him up, but he's resistant to the fire. And then they corner him in this locker room and pull out the gas line. Mm. And then he chucks a flare at him. Where do you get the flare? Who who knows? (laughs) Anyway, uh, Fireball lives up to his name and dies in a flaming explosion. And then Arnie and... And what's her name? Amber, yeah. Amber, Amber, that's right. Shit, they they go... Don't they just leave? They just leave and then somehow stumble upon the entrance to the People's Network. Mm. And then they're just with them now. I wish that I wish that was more of a thing that they went on. Like, the People's Network has been hiding out underneath the running man, you know? Because that would make sense. Like, the one thing that's above the law is the running man. So the government doesn't, you know, check on it. Maybe maybe someone from the People's Network planted that flare out there. Like when things are like quiet down, they run out and like leave <laughs> items to kind of aid the runners in their in their quest. I don't know. That makes sense. What does Killian do at this moment, though? Because he's like, oh, no, we don't have a grand finale. Doesn't he He try and convince one of the older ones to go in? What was his name? The guy who did the yoga? Captain Freedom. Yeah, yeah, Captain Freedom. Who, if this movie came out now, would have gotten, like, a spinoff immediately after this movie. The next <laughs> oh, year, yeah. the Captain Freedom movie would have come out. Yeah, he's the peacemaker of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, oh, my God, he totally is. Good call. And he's like, I'm not going to do it. I'm too old for this shit. but then they're like well we don't we we we, don't worry we can we can cgi we can make a stump double that looks exactly like ben and we'll stage it so that you win don't they go into a wrestling ring 
Yeah. How did they? How did they? It doesn't. The audience, I guess, is really stupid and doesn't pick up that. <laughs> it doesn't quite work. Well, I guess it's one of their Hunger Games rings where they just have the, this random wrestling ring in an area. Yeah. And yeah, yeah he comes out of retirement and uh, they battle and Arnold dies and it's like, whoa, Ben's dead. Whoa, that's crazy. Well, because at this point, the audience is now, people are, are betting on Ben Richards to win. That one lady, which is a great kind of turn. And then that one lady says, I, I'll, I can pick anyone I want. I'm picking Ben Richards. He's one mean motherfucker, <laughs> um, which, I, which I love. And then all the other betting guys at the, the village or whatever, they're like, oh, we don't know what to do. And then one of the people's like, yeah, I want to bet on Richards as well. 200 on Richards. <laughs> and they're like, well, people want to bet on it. Fine. Sure. Let's go. We're going to do not take their money. Yeah. I think, too, with the, the, the deep fake battle with uh, Arnold and uh, Captain Freedom, it's, it's, it, it, it just shows how inconsistent the, the game show is. Like, are we following them, following them throughout? Is it a live feed <laughs> or not? Because in this moment, they're like, oh, we just, the, Captain Freedom is in there. We're going to check in on the action. I'm like, wait, have you been, are you watching the whole time? Or like, yeah. the, you know what I mean? It's, it's very, it's very inconsistent. I, I was having problems uh, keeping track of that. It is a bit. Yeah, I do agree. It's an odd game show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it definitely has some consistency issues. So the, the People's Network, they infiltrate the building uh, while Fleetwood is is hacking into the satellites. He makes a Star Trek reference for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, take the helm, Spock. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, oh, hey, that's me. I'm that nerd. <laughs> hey. So they break in and they air the start of the movie, the raw, unedited footage of the massacre. I'm glad we got to see that footage for a third time. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get a fight between Amber and Dynamo. Rob, how does that play out? Not well for Dynamo. (laughs) Not well for Dynamo, Sandro. (laughs) Uh, So there's there's a sprinkler system at this part of the game, apparently, uh, because she sets it off and there goes battery butt right out the... Right off, right off the board, and uh, it's it's sad to lose him, but he had a he had a second round, so you know you got to give him that. Yeah, yeah, I will give her credit. She has a great line uh, where they're talking about how she's not laughing anymore, and she says, "There's nothing funny about a dickless moron with a battery up his ass," <laughs> which is a great line. I was like, "Oh, that's a she got a good line there." She's taking one-liner uh, lessons from Arnold yeah, as they're doing this, exactly. like off to the side when they're when they're cutting away from the action. He's like, now listen, you really, really hone in on what's going on with your opponent. Find an attribute and learn. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so she's, she's learning. You got to hit them where it hurts, <laughs> yeah, which exactly. is <laughs> their stupid costumes. <laughs> I tell you what, Dynamo is like two steps away from just bursting through a wall and saying, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Like, he's so close. Yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah. I, I would have loved if one of the stalkers was the juggernaut. That would have been, <laughs> that would have been fantastic. Oh. So then we get Arnie versus Killian. It's a battle of the wits. They're talking at each other. Killian's all like, what are you so angry about? Everyone on TV wants to see murder and violence. And this is the, the message of the movie, I guess. Yeah, I think so. The guy gets put in a cage and I can't remember what he says. It's like, let me go. Get me out of here. And Arnold's like... 
I don't do requests. <laughs> and then uh, they launch him in the tube. He gets a fun little ride, which for some reason is way more aggressive than the other ones they normally shoot down. I think it's because there's no safety net at the end. Oh, I guess they haven't re-put up the safety net, which they would do for each of them. Oh, yeah, there you go. So uh, he just goes flying into a poster board of his own face. Mm Mm-hmm. And it, it, for some reason, it explodes violently, <laughs> which is fantastic. Exactly. And the bad guy is dead. And then everyone's like, what a great show that was. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. There's no, like, hint towards the people uprising or anything. They're just like, that was a damn good show. <laughs> ben grabs Amber by the neck once again, <laughs> yeah. and she's like, what's up with that? He stares awkwardly, shrugs into camera, freeze frame, the credits roll. The credits roll. <laughs> oh, and the song that plays during the credits is terrible. Oh, yeah. It's weird. Did you guys stay to the very end? Oh, I did not. No. I, I didn't either. Was there something there? At the very end, after the song, it does a, this program was brought to you by Caracol. It hits the spot. And then it it goes on for like two minutes with like, the running man has been brought to you by Killian Flamethrowers. That's where I got the Damon Killian's wardrobe by Chess Antoni, 19th century craftsman for the 21st century man. (laughs) Great. And it, it goes on for that for like two minutes. Oh yeah, oh, that's cool. I'm I'm seeing it in the in the IMDb uh, quotes page. They have the remember <laughs> tickets are tickets for the ICS studio tour are always available for classes. <laughs> if you'd like to be a contestant on the Running Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that meta element on it. They needed to lean into that a little more. Yeah. The last the last line is the best. I I, I stopped writing it because it went on. But the last line is if you'd like to be a contestant on the Running Man, send a self addressed <laughs> stamped envelope to the ICS. Talent hunt, and they go out and do something despicable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great! That's so good. Yeah, I was like, that's fantastic. And that is the Running Man right there. That's that's the end of the film. Uh, Rob, is it an oldie or a goodie? What are you gonna rate it? Uh, I enjoyed this movie. I have, you know, I, I don't think it's necessarily a classic, mm. but I think there's enough in here for especially fans of Arnold at this time. Like, like we were saying. Post commando, like Arnold, post commando, pre Mr. Freeze, when he was hitting just the right number of puns per minute. What do you mean? What do you mean, pre Mr. Freeze? <laughs> Mr. Freeze with the prime. He hit peak. It was definitely a peak. <laughs> yeah, some kind of peak. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, so, uh, but at the same time, like I, I, I'm really excited for uh, Edgar Wright who's one of my favorite filmmakers, like Mm -hmm. his take on this, because there's a lot of untapped potential here. I think I'm going to say it's a goodie, but I'm also there's a lot of of material in this world that I think they can really expand on. Like we were saying, sort of that that meta textual part of it, like how you're you're watching a movie about a show called The Running Man, a movie called The Running Man, and that's about violence. And we went to see this movie to see violence. (laughs) Like, I think they need to play with that more. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that this wasn't at all really based on the book, I think, helps. You know, it, it's it's that it's the best kind of remake, which is a property that was kind of done okay. Uh, it did it, it served its time, but I think there's a lot more potential to dig into. Uh, and it also, you know, it also feels weirdly like the most '80s movie Arnold made. Yeah, like the score, the outfits, the 
the these the sexual politics like we were saying like all of it like it feels very of its time and it and in that way it feels like a really a great time capsule 80s movie yeah so a goodie from you how about you zach what do you think this is the best movie of all time i rated a goodie <laughs> i've never seen a better film in my life wow that, that certainly was aggressive <laughs> nah, it was it was good it was good i thoroughly enjoyed it i had a lot of fun this is this is the type of dumb movie that i love watching so it's it. It's just like you turn off your brain. You watch Arnold Schwarzenegger throw out some one-liners in some stupid scenario. <laughs> it's a good time. Exactly. So I, I, I'll def- I'll probably watch this one again. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, that's two goodies. So I feel like I should give it an oldie because I what? think it deserves both. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think this should be your cross-the-border goodie. <laughs> I enjoyed this a lot. But yeah, like it's a weird film because there's a lot of potential that it doesn't entirely deliver on. And also, again, it's enjoyable, but I don't necessarily know if I'd say it's good. (laughs) I'll probably give it a positive rating, but for the sake of this, and you both gave it a goodie, I'll go (laughs) ulti. Just for the sake of it having not just goodies across the board. (laughs) (laughs) That's rude. Yeah. Yeah, it's it depends how you look at it. If you look at it as you know, uh, as in its pl- its place in cinematic history, it's an oldie. If you look at it like whether this was this movie fun, was it entertaining, was it a, a what I expect from an Arnold action movie, especially in this era, then it's a goodie. So it's like yeah, it's easy. It's an easy one to go either way, depending how you how you how you want to how you want to consider it. But if you haven't seen this film. Definitely check it out, I would say. Yeah. Definitely try and hunt down a copy. There is the add and remove segment. Robert, if you could pick one thing to add to the movie to make it slightly better, one thing to remove from the movie to make it better, what would you go for? <sighs> am I doing one of each or am I choosing one over add or remove? You could you could do one of each. You could do you could do whatever you want. I would add Another stalker. Like, I want more chaos. I want more <laughs> like gimmicky ass characters running around this thing. What would I remove? I don't know that the the underground thing. I feel like it's introduced and doesn't. As we were saying, it ends and it does not pay off whatsoever. Like I almost feel like you could kind of cut that whole subplot out. Honestly, <laughs> it's only there to give them a, a code to uplink, basically. Like it's 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 a side quest. I think if you had made this just more of just the straight survival story and leaned into that and developed that part of it more. The the you know the world building with the show and and how society sort of centers on it and what's going on in the game zone I think all of that would have could have benefited from a little more and then cutting out all that random underground stuff that doesn't really go anywhere I think that would have helped oh excellent I think what I would add is more elaborate uh, deaths for the stalkers we had specifically like fireball. And Electrode, but Electrode, he he had his whole thing where he died to um, Amber, so that makes sense that he didn't die there. But, like, I guess Chainsaw Guy, he got cut in half, and then Skater Guy skated. So, like, they're just fine. Maybe just a better death for Fireball Guy. He had, like, it felt like he was hyped through the movie and then died like a chump. So I, I want a more elaborate scene. And what I'd remove is... The whole lingerie thing. Mm. Just give her a proper outfit. Good call. I would add uh, her having not the basic 80s personality of being the love interest. (laughs) Yeah. Well, in the novel, there is a female lead, but she's kind of brought in as a hostage to him. And then they don't really develop a friendship, but she's definitely more a character. So hopefully that's in the remake. 
I'm going to add, similar to you, I'm going to add more elaborate gimmicks for each fight. Because we have the wrestling ring and we have the ice hockey rink. I want more stuff like that. Maybe the one with uh, the chainsaw fight can be in a forest or something. I don't know. Yeah. Something a bit more visually interesting for each fight. Oh, that could have been good because then Arnold could have used the chainsaw to chop a tree down on... (laughs) The, the chainsaw guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fall down and go splat. Exactly. Yeah. And in terms of removing, I'm going to remove Paul Michael Glazer as the director and reinstate Andrew Davis just because I think Ooh, based off yeah. his track record, he'd probably make better action films. Yeah. Wow. Zach, next segment. All right. It's time for la 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 reviews. This is the part of the show where I get reviews from the only place that matters, Rotten Tomatoes. And then I get the audience, mostly because the, the, the critic scores are boring, whereas the audience is usually correct, except this time a lot of the audience are just whiny little babies <laughs> that read books. I will read out the review. You just have to guess what they rated it. The scores are between 0.5 and 5, so remember that 0.5s exist. Makes it way harder for no particular reason. Are we ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. Great, because I don't want to do that voice anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it hurts your throat, doesn't it, after a while? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, it gets to you. Don't know how Arnie does it. Tough man. I don't know, I don't know how Arnold does it. What a legend. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have Guido, who says, This sci-fi movie basically has predicted the network of today. Mm. <laughs> it's showtime. That's the whole review? Okay, who who do you want to go first? Uh, Sajo, you can show show us how it's done. All right. Uh, I'm going to go three. Three out of five, right Mm, right down the middle. Three out of five. Well, it's not right down the middle, but you know what I mean. I'm going to go five out of five because people tend to be people tend to be extreme one way or another true and that sounds like praise coming from that person right ah it's five out of five very very astute oh yeah already on the board well done well done oh yeah i last time we had a guest for ben's episode we were closest wins are we doing that uh i guess that's the new norm the problem is the whole like tie aspect we kind of rigged the game <laughs> we did that last. Yeah, the game can be kind of rigged that way but we'll do it anyway because rigging the game is what we like to do <laughs> just like just like killian in the running man yeah we're rigging the game yeah <laughs> sandra's the running man he's gonna die <laughs> uh we have Scott, who says, movie about a dystopian future where people dress up and are hunted by supervillains? Brackets, I guess, question mark. In front of live audiences. Never appealed to me. Just seems cartoonish and silly. Made for infants. <laughs> wow. Call me an infant because I enjoyed it. <laughs> what do we think? I'm gonna... <sighs> I don't want to go extreme the other direction, but I think I have to. So I'm going to say a one. Oh, you're going one? Remember the 0.5s as well. I was thinking 1.5, but I'll, I'll stick with the one and we'll see what happens. Well, then I guess I've just got to snap up the 0.5 then. Yep, you go for the 0.5. It is one out of five. Oh, uh-huh. snap. Nice. So another point. We have Nicholas says, it's definitely entertaining with all the... 80s galore, but I was left thinking about all the plot holes. It's flashy and everything you want out of an action sci-fi 80s flick. Okay, not super negative. I'll go for 
2.5 on this one. Okay, okay. I'm going to go 3.5 because I feel like that one started negative and then turned more positive. So maybe the person talked themselves into it as they were writing the review. It's almost like I put that one in because it was really confusing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's two. It's two out of five. Oh, so oh, wow. Closest would be Sandro getting the point there. All right, all right. go. We have David. David says, cheesy from the get-go. Quotation marks, the running man is a masturbatory Arnie vehicle that has earned its cult status from being funny when it wasn't trying to be. It's more 80s novelty than it is good film. Ooh, what a take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to go three, three. I'm going to go three on that. Ooh, I think. three, three. Interesting, interesting. I'm going to go two. Two. Well, this is awkward because it's 2.5. So you're both the closest, therefore both getting a point. Nice, nice. All right. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody wins. <laughs> yeah. We have Tim who says, a brainless satire on the future of TV. Brackets, oops, we're nearly there. <laughs> oops. That sounds quite positive. I'll go for a four out of five. I'm going to go 3.5 out of five. I don't know where you're getting these positive vibes because it's two out of five. Oh. So I think Robert gets the point there, right? Yeah, you're closest. Yeah. Finally, for the last one, I think it's, as we know, double points for the last one. Oh, I can force a tie if I get it. Mm. We have uh, Jason who says, the birth of reality TV. Is that the full review? <laughs> yep. Wow. It's just, that's, just a, that's just a phrase. That's not even an opinion. That's just the birth of reality. T okay. So, Sandro, what are we thinking? Oh, I'm going first. All right. I'll go for future of reality TV. I think this person doesn't like TV and therefore doesn't like this movie. So I'll go for a two. Mm, good take. Good take. I'm going to take the opposite approach and say that this person, this person connected with the satirical aspects of the film. Yep. And I'm going to say four. Well, because it's three out of five. Damn it. <laughs> so you both get the double points. Wow. Yay. Excellent. Well, to wrap up that game of rotten reviews, as we're calling it now, uh, I am on mm. four points and the winner is our guest on six points. Yay. There you go. And that right there is the episode. Your prize is plugging your podcast. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Uh, so I have two shows right now. One is uh, Close Watch, where we get to know uh, our guests through the movies they love. That could be all kinds of stuff. We've done Field of Dreams. We've done The Crow. We have uh, Time Bandits, Big Lebowski, and the 1999 Mummy coming up in the next few weeks as of this recording. Uh, and I have Franchise Detours, where we believe no movie series travels in a straight line. I just, uh, you know, we just wrapped up our Child's Play miniseries recently. Sandro came on and talked Curse of Chucky with me. Uh, and then we're doing Evil Dead and then Mad Max, uh, talking about, speaking of 80s, 80s action movies, Mad Max uh, going into 2022. Nice. Uh, so that that's, that's uh, people can find both of those on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, as, as well as CrookedTable.com. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at CrookedTable. There'll be links in the episode description as well as links to your socials uh, if people want to keep in touch with you via Instagram or Twitter. Speaking of Evil Dead, which you've got coming up, Zach, we recently did a series about that, but it's over on our Patreon. So if you want to maybe 
listen to franchise detours and then also hear our thoughts on the evil dead you can do that by subscribing to our patreon upwards of five us dollars a month gets you upwards of two bonus episodes uh this month's one was uh star slammer that's out right now then out on wednesday is amazon women on the moon uh the the sketch movie by john landis and joe dante yeah, it was fun. I had many thoughts on yes. the Evil Dead series, so if you want to check them out. Many, many, many thoughts. Oh, and I think we're <laughs> reviewing uh, Wheel of Time next week as well. Oh, finally, yes, Wheel of Time. That'll all be up there. If you want to uh, help the show out uh, without breaking the bank, you can just share it with a friend, share it on your Facebook, uh, harass your neighbours, <laughs> just... just just shove it in people's faces. We would really appreciate that. Just write write a nice review or, or a bad review. Complain about the accents. Do whatever you want. Exactly. Just, you know, as long as you enjoy it yourself. That's the main thing. All the links are in the episode description. Zach, you're picking next week's episode. Mm. What do we got, Sandro? Tell, tell me some options. Yeah, what are, what do we got? got? You, you got a wild bunch of options. A wild bunch? Ooh. They are quite wild. Your first option is called... Date with an angel. Mm. We recently, of course, did Wings of Desire, angel movie, so maybe mm. you'd be up for this one. Uh, the premise is, after a wild bachelor party, Whoa. a guy wakes up next to an actual angel. What? Ooh. How the hell did that happen? Who knows? Oh, I guess you'd have to watch the movie to find out. You've got Flowers in the Attic, which is a gothic horror uh, about some kids, they go to live with their grandmother, and she's real evil and locks them up, so they have to escape. Okay, could be interesting. You've got The Haunted Cop Shop, which is a Hong Kong film about two cops. They accidentally unleash a whole bunch of evil vampires on the city. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I quite like the Hong Kong sort of vampires. The certain ones that, like, hop around, and yeah. they're very cool. Yeah. You've got a movie called Nuts as an option, uh, where a lawyer reluctantly takes on a case to defend a call girl Mm. who has been charged with killing a client. I guess the name relates to them making an insanity plea? I would hope that's not why it's called Nuts. Yep. (laughs) And finally, your final option is Teen Wolf 2, spelt T-O-O. Oh, oh no. (laughs) Sequel to that classic Michael J. Fox werewolf movie, uh, except he's not in it, Jason Bateman is in it, and he plays Michael J. Fox's cousin who also happens to be a teen wolf <laughs> oh no oh no that sounds really bad <laughs> but also very funny to talk about yeah and i'm kind of on a high after this movie you know i kind of i kind of want to pick teen wolf too <laughs> i mean it's your choice oh but that would mean i'd have to watch the first one oh, that's, uh, you've that's already fine. seen the first one you've already seen the first I have one i've already seen the first one but I don't remember literally anything from it. I remember in the bathroom him getting fuzzy. That's the only thing I remember from that movie. I did see it when I was like 10, I think. So it's been a while. Are you a Teen Wolf fan, Robert? Honestly, it's been since forever that I've seen the first one. Mm. I don't know that I've... I don't know that I've ever seen Teen Wolf 2. I think because I was like, yeah, no, no I'm good. <laughs> and I just, honestly, of that bunch, uh, Haunted Cop Shop sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. 
the angel one sounds pretty interesting too. Like I might have to track some of these down uh, myself and check them out. I think it's between those two for me personally. All right. It'd be good to keep that one in mind, but I think I want to do Teen Wolf too. I think that's that, <laughs> that really tickles my fancy right. at the moment. Maybe I'll regret that decision. All right. But I think I want to do Teen Wolf too. Teen Wolf two next week. Uh, great. Great. I'm so happy. You'll you'll get to witness my great werewolf impression. <laughs> oh no. Awesome. Teen Wolf 2 next week. Look forward to that. And we're gonna wrap it up right now with the best quote from the running man. Mm. My favorite quote is Uplinks Underground. It's a terrible impression, I'm sorry. If you guys don't shut up, there'll be an uplink up your ass and you'll be in the underground. <laughs> I'll go with I'll go with I don't do requests. Or, or actually, oh, you know what? I liked the, the Amber's quote. I'm going to go a different one, not Ooh. an Arnie quote. I'll go, there's nothing funny about a dickless moron with a battery up his ass. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm going to do this again because it's so much fun to do. You cold-blooded bastard. I'll tell you what I think of it. I'll live to see you eat that contract. <laughs> but I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine. <laughs> Smashes monitor on the floor. <laughs> it never gets old. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 